Coming up on Showtime College Football, only four more days till the college football season starts, and an in-depth discussion of my preseason top 30. Alright guys, let's start off with my preseason top 30. Now I do 30 and I'm going to keep on doing 30 this entire year because it's really nice to have that extra buffer of five teams that are right there. And I feel like when you're dealing with those 20s, it's really nice to have those extra five teams. I could even do 40 or even 50, but I stuck with 30. Let's get right into it. At number one, I have Michigan. Now I'm a little crazy for that one. I know that. However, I have my reasoning. Michigan is returning nearly every single dude on that roster. Yes, Georgia is returning actually a decent amount for winning two national titles in a row, but still, Michigan is returning an enormous amount, especially for a team that finished third. That is pretty wild. You still have J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards. I mean, those are your power three on offense. That offensive line at Michigan is powerful. All right. Michigan is going to be the same, if not better, than last year. That's my reasoning. They have the grit and the want to win, as last year was pretty dang sour. That loss to TCU was not pretty, and Michigan was not playing like Michigan in that game. Now, even last year, I actually was not much of a Michigan, you know, I was kind of a Michigan hater for a long time. However, last year, I watched Michigan play, I watched them beat Ohio State, and that TCU game, they were not playing like they were supposed to. I think Michigan has the grit and the want, the heart, per se, to win a national championship. They're my pick to win the Natty this year. And I think they beat Georgia purely out of that reason. Georgia's won two in a row. They are, I would say Georgia's much more talented than Michigan. However, head-to-head, I would take Michigan. Call me crazy, but I would take Michigan. And that's why I have a number one. I mean, talent is not everything. I think Michigan is such a great team, you know, on both sides of the ball, I think that they don't make many mistakes. Georgia is definitely, I mean, just because you lost a quarterback, Georgia is still Georgia. Kirby Smart has done amazing things. But I my, but I think this year, I think Georgia might drop a game. You know, I, I don't see them actually going 12-0. Not only Tennessee maybe, but I actually, you know, I could see them beating Tennessee and losing, um, you know, one of those easy cupcake games. I mean, they almost lost at Missouri last year. I think South Carolina could give them a run for their money. I know I I don't think it's a now it isn't a very easy schedule like I just said but I think they're going to be I think there's going to be an upset this year in Athens or at least around Athens you know they might be traveling somewhere else and losing but I I I actually see them losing at least one game this year Michigan has a chip on their shoulder and I think head to head they'd beat them All right let's keep going Number 3 I have Ohio State Number 4 I have Florida State and number 5 I have Washington All right, number three, you probably didn't blink an eye, but number four and five, you probably said, whoa there. Let's calm down a little bit there, Chase. Despite having a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position, I think Ohio State's still going to be very strong. I mean, you've got Marvin Harrison. You've got some amazing guys on that Ohio State roster, and I think that um, Ohio State will still perform at an extremely high level. You know, I see them being extremely good. We'll see how their quarterback situation is going, as just this week they have announced that they are still a split decision on who is going to be the starting quarterback. And we're only two weeks away from the season. We're two, well, two weeks away from Ohio State's start of the season. Now, I believe to start of the season, they play someone fairly irrelevant. I believe they play at Indiana to start the season. So I guarantee we'll see both of those quarterbacks playing in that game. 
you know, they have a, a decent start to the season. You know, they'll have their chance to uh, to test the waters on who's going to be that starter. But it doesn't. It does not help your offense, especially two amazing wide receivers. You know, at Ohio State to start off with a unknown situation at quarterback, but it's still Ohio State. So we'll see. Especially that D line at Ohio State. They were a big problem last year. They could not stop Michigan on that run. You know, they were able to hold up against Georgia but they could not stop Michigan's run game. I do not see Ohio State beating Michigan this year. Next, let's move on to Florida State. They have trended up and up and up during the preseason. And I am on that bandwagon. I really want to see Florida State do something this season. Now, last year, I believe they finished either, I think they finished 9-3 and three in the regular season. They had that pretty dang bad um, October skid. As they only they went one and three in October. All three of their losses came in October. They beat an LSU team, which we didn't know was good yet. You know, I think LSU did develop a lot throughout the season, but they beat LSU. Start off the year. I cannot wait for that rematch, guys. Wow. That's only in a week and a half. Sunday, that's gonna be a great game. Anyways, they lost to Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson all within three weeks. And all those games coming within um I think less than 10 points of a difference. Don't get me wrong. Wake Forest and NC State aren't the worst teams. They they were actually mostly ranked a lot of last season. I believe they played them maybe when they were both ranked. I can't I can't remember those enough details for that. But Wake Forest and NC State were pretty good teams last year, and they lost to Clemson by um, a touchdown. So I mean, those three losses do hurt, but they also had a you know they had a great season last year. But the main thing is is that they are returning, I think, the highest clip in college football this year. At least in Power 5 college football, they are returning. I know it's above 85% of their starters on both sides of the ball. Now, that's scary. For any team that had above nine wins, that's scary. I think Jordan Travis is easily a top three Heisman candidate. Now, he does have, he, he did not have much hype coming into last season. Now he has the hype. How is he going to deal with that hype? How is he going to be re- react? Is he still going to be a leader? Is he going to you know stay humble and get the job done? We'll see. And if he's the only answer on that team this year, then we might have a few more losses. But I, I think that Florida State is going to come through this season very, very on top. I really, I really hope they make the playoff. I think it would be great to see... Um, an ACC team that's not Clemson get to the playoff. It'd be great for the ACC. And with the schedule they have this year, it shouldn't be too hard to go 10 and two, 11 and one. You know, I, I definitely see them making the ACC championship. Now I don't know if they can win at Clemson. That's the, I mean, that's their game. That's easily the hardest game on their schedule. They do have LSU, but I feel like in a neutral site game, I think they can actually beat LSU first week. Now that one's going to be a crazy game. Like I said before, I'm very excited for that. But you know, I, I think that between Clemson and LSU, I think they'll split that. And even then, I think if they even go 0-2 in that game, in those games, I think that's still a 10-2 team. I don't see them losing to anybody else. And at number five, I have my first Pac-12 team, Washington. Washington, Washington. I got Michael Penix Jr. leading the Huskies to a an extremely good season, one of their best seasons in you know school history. Now, last year, they had one of the best offensive years um, in their football history. 
which was extremely exciting. However, can they do it again? That's the big question. They're returning a fair amount of starters. And I think this year they have a lot of firepower to make some noise. At number six, I have Bama. And at number seven, I have Penn State. Now let's stop right there. Six, Bama, seven, Penn State. Now, a lot of people call me crazy on Instagram when I posted this for having Bama behind Florida State and Washington. Now, for me, I don't like defaulting on teams because of brand. Now, that might sound bad. I mean, some it, there's some reason for it because brand, that's how you get recruiting. You have a big brand. You're always going to be good, right? You're always going to be you know hitting those five stars, those four stars, and Bama is the perfect example of that. They have some of the greatest talent in college football, and they will for a long time. So we're very sure that Bama is loaded talent-wise. However, if we're using last season and what key pieces they've lost from last season to this season, this is easily going to be the hardest challenge for Nick Saban in his probably coaching career. Now, I have not been around for long enough to know about his LSU days, but I think at Bama, this is probably going to be the hardest year for Nick Saban to make a championship slash playoff roster this year completely completely 100 depends on how much of a goat nick saban is now i would i would say you know he's arguably the greatest coach in college football history especially easily the current best coach in college football but can he turn around a team that lost nearly i i believe they're returning 30 percent around i think it's 25 percent on offense Maybe 30% on defense. They are not returning much. Now, it's Bama. You know, those backups, those guys that played, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those, um, you know, garbage time reps are insanely good players that could be starters on most other teams. I'm just saying, especially for Bama standards, Bryce Young carried that team out of quite a few losses. Now, that Texas game easily would have been a loss without Bryce Young and his magic. Now, a backup quarterback at Bama may have been able to do something, but that was all on Bryce Young. That's who they had to rely on. If you watch the highlights of that Texas game, the full highlights, I'm talking about every single play, that's all Bryce Young. Bama had lost that game. Now, even with Bryce Young, they lost to Tennessee, they lost to LSU. Yes, I know they were last chance, last minute plays. Their losses were barely, and I'm well aware of that. However, I mean, they... Texas A&M should have beat him. Same thing with Texas. Texas A&M, that was because of Jimbo Fisher. That was not on Bama. Bama was backed up to a wall. Texas A&M should have easily won that game. They were down four, and I believe they were on the 20 with plenty of time left, and they threw it away because Texas A&M was horrid last year, especially the offensive play calling. They almost went into Tuscaloosa and beat them. This year, they're going to College Station, and... I don't know, guys. I mean, Bama, as of right now, has not been very impressive to me, especially because the quarterback situation is still not figured out. The backup last year did not look great. Now, granted, he was a backup, but that's the reason they were losing in that Texas A&M game as well. They had, I believe, Bryce Young. I can't remember if he played any of that game or none at all. But, guys, that was that was close. Now, I'm not saying Bama's there. I still have them at six, just like Georgia. I st- I'm, I'm using all these negatives mainly because they're always so good. Bama, I still would not be surprised if they, if Nick Saban was like, yeah, by the way, like I'm really good at this. And they still pulled off an 11 win season. You know, I, I definitely see them losing one game. 
For me, the question is, do they, lo- do they lose one or two games? Now, they play Texas, Tennessee, LSU, Texas A&M. At Texas A&M is why I have that listed. And, I mean, I don't see them winning all four of those this year, especially with the uncertainty. Texas is so early on. I don't know, guys. Like, it'd be hard for Texas to win in Tuscaloosa, but at the same time, we'll see if Bama has it figured out because they almost lost to Texas A&M last year in Tuscaloosa. But that's why I have Alabama at six. I am not defaulting to have them at three because it's Bama. I have them at six because, frankly, they have not. I don't have a reason to put them in my top five. I need a reason. Seven, I have Penn State. This year, Penn State with Singleton driving them on, Coach Franklin, Penn State might finally have a year that they may be able to make some noise and maybe... Maybe they pull off a win against the big two in their division. Now, this is something I was I was reading today that's really interesting. You could probably argue that the Big Ten East, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and a few others, is probably the hardest division in college football. I mean, they have three teams ranked in the top ten, in the AP and mine. Three teams. Three of the seven are ranked in the top ten. Now, apparently, the last time that happened in a preseason poll, that was in 2013. It was the SEC East with Georgia at 5, South Carolina at 6, and Florida at 10. Now, 10 years later, we've got three from the Big Ten East. And I think this year it's going to be a battle. Now, I don't see Michigan losing to Ohio State or Penn State. They do have to play in Beaver Stadium, in Happy Valley. And I don't know if Penn State is doing a whiteout against Michigan that would be freaking epic, but I'm not sure about that. But that is a hard place to play. Michigan has not done well there in previous years. But I think this Michigan team's different. However, I think that Penn State might be able to pull off a win against Ohio State this year, even if they're playing in the shoe. Penn State might be able to do it. I think this is one of their best teams they've had in a while, even though they have a new quarterback coming in. I think Penn State has some firepower to finally make some noise. Now, that they think they can pray for the best. I mean, they you can't ask Penn State to beat Michigan or Ohio State. That is a mountain that is insurmountable. Beating two top five preseason teams, which will probably finish top five in the final poll. That would be extremely hard for Penn State to pull that off. However, this is their year. If they could beat one of them and hope that there's a three-way tie, maybe Penn State beats Ohio State. Ohio State beats Michigan, and Michigan beat Penn State. There'd be a three-way tie. That'd be the only way that Penn State can maybe get to a Big Ten championship because I don't see them beating both. That would be insane. I would love to see it. That'd be freaking awesome. But that's your best option if you're a Penn State fan. Last year, Penn State pretty much got steamrolled by Michigan, and they actually, it was almost the opposite with Michigan and Ohio State with Penn State last year. The score showed that Michigan and Penn State, it was a fairly close game. That game was not close. From the very start, Michigan ran the ball up Penn State's throat, and they could not stop them. Penn State had a lucky scoop and score, and, a, and I can't remember exactly, but that this, the box score did not show exactly what was going on in that game. And it was the opposite for Penn State and Ohio State. It showed that Penn, I think Ohio State actually won the game by two or three touchdowns. When that game was a, I believe in the fourth quarter, it was a, tie game or one score game i can't remember completely penn state is built to beat ohio state 
They are not not built to beat Michigan. Hopefully they've made some adjustments and they can pull off something. But alas, because they are in that, that division with those two big dogs, they have to kind of stay at seven. Now, I believe that there's, I've seen some polls that have Penn State at five and even four. Now, I don't know about that because I don't think they can beat the two big dogs. We'll see. Next on my list, I have LSU at eight, Oregon at nine, and USC at 10. Now, LSU had a very surprising year last year as they weren't even ranked coming into the season with, uh, of course, their new coach, Brian Kelly, which they had an insanely you know, surprising season last year. It was awesome. I mean, they went to the they won the SEC West, which was crazy. They didn't they didn't do too bad in the SEC championship game. They beat Bama in overtime and they, you know, they turned out to have a pretty decent season after a not such a great start. They lost to uh Florida State in that first game and they lost to Tennessee pretty bad early on. And of course they have Jaden Daniels, a quarterback who is insanely talented, definitely a top NFL prospect. I can't wait to see what he does this year. I have Oregon at nine. This one's kind of uncommon. I believe they came in 15th in the AP poll, which I think is so low. Oregon is returning a great amount. I mean, pretty normal amount, at least 70% of their team, including Bo Nix, who I think is a definite Heisman candidate. I don't see why Oregon wouldn't be better than last year. I don't know why people have them at 15 and 16. Either there's something that I just don't even know or I don't know. I mean, last year they beat Utah. They beat North Carolina in that awesome Holiday Bowl. They barely washed, lost to Washington, and they had that that dumb loss at Oregon State. But I mean, I don't, I don't know, guys. I think, I think Oregon's good. I have them just above USC because I think they're a little more of a conservative pick than USC, and that channels me right into my next one. I think USC has a, of course, amazing offense in Caleb Williams, but. You know, that defense is a huge liability. USC, I put it 10. I would love to see USC be great, but I think that defense, we just got to see them hit the field. They're playing San Jose State this weekend. Let's see how they do. San Jose State's actually a pretty decent team. So let's see what happens. All right, my next three teams are Tennessee at 11, Texas at 12, and Utah at 13. All right, Tennessee. We know that Tennessee is a huge wild card coming in as they lost Hendon Cooker, Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker, and Jake Hyatt. Though some amazing, some amazing players head into the NFL, and I don't know. Tennessee had a groundbreaking season last year as they're kind of back, but at the same time, that high high octane offense just lost you know its two key pieces. I would really love to see Tennessee get a running game, but also Jill Milton. Is a dog from what it sounds like. So, you know, I have Tennessee doing some great things. I really hope they beat Georgia. They do have Georgia in Nayland at home, Nayland Stadium. That's going to be an exciting game. But I got Tennessee at 11 for right now. Texas is, has a lot of interesting pieces coming into this year. As last year, they, they showed flashes of being Texas. That Bama game was crazy. Almost pulled that off. They had a few great Big 12 wins. They did not go to the Big 12 championship. And I think that Texas is always a little bit overhyped. But this year, I'm finally buying some of that hype. Quinn Ewers is finally back. He did not play most of last year. Whenever he play, whenever he did play last year, he played amazing. So, 
I like Texas. I like them. Number 12 right now, but a lot of people have Texas really high. But I don't know, man. I mean, what if they go into Tuscaloosa and put up a fight? I mean, even putting up a fight in Tuscaloosa is enough to stay, you know, at least top 15. If you can, if you can do something at Bama. Next, I have Utah easily top 15. I think this one was pretty easy. If anything, I feel like I have Utah actually a little low, even at 13. I mean, they're they're returning a very high percentage. Um, Cam Rising is an absolute dog. Now, the only reason 13, I think, the reason I have them at 13 is just because the Pac-12 is extremely hard. I do not see them going undefeated, especially with their schedule. They've got a brutal schedule. I mean, their non-conference includes Florida and Baylor, and then they play during the season Oregon, USC, and Washington, I believe. And I think they play away at two of those. They play at USC and at Washington, if I'm not mistaken. I definitely think they'll get the win against Florida at home in Salt Lake City. I really want to try and go to that game. I don't know if I can. Tickets are expensive. But, I mean, I, winning at Baylor, even with Baylor being uncertain, I mean, that's going to be hard. Playing those road games against my number 10 and number 5 team, dang, man, that's going to be tough. And then I kind of have a tier down from there. I kind of have, you know, those are my top, my top 13 are kind of separated there. Then I have number 14, North Carolina, 15, Ole Miss, 16, Oregon State, 17, Wisconsin. North Carolina returning Drake May. Supposed to be very exciting. I do have North Carolina fairly high as I think that they're going to improve a lot from last year. Um, I'm excited to see what they do. Ole Miss is returning that insane running game. Ole Miss is returning quite a bit of starters. They do have a really tough schedule, but I'm excited what Lane Kiffin has to offer in um, in this season. Oregon State is an extremely intriguing team this year. You know, I'd say, you know, top three most intriguing, interesting teams, especially with the whole conference realignment as, I don't know, this could be their last year as a Power 5 team. Maybe this is the last year we see Oregon State competing, you know, you know, competing in the national scale, you know, top 15 football for a long time. They, of course, got their transfer, DJ, from Clemson, which is a huge upgrade for Oregon State. Their running game is going to be strong as ever. I have them very strong this year. The only reason it's 16, again, is because the Pac-12 is going to be a bloodbath this year. I think that Oregon State definitely pulls off um, an upset against one of the big Pac-12 teams. I think that they'll be pretty steady, pretty consistent. I don't I don't really know. It, that one's really hard to choose because I don't know exactly how good. I just know they will be good. But, of course, there's a big talent gap from Oregon State and Oregon and Washington. I mean, that's, pretty, that's a pretty deep talent gap there. Number 17, I have Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a new team. They have Tanner Mordecai from SMU, one of the greatest quarterbacks of last year. And... They, of course, have a brand new coach in Luke Fickle. And I am high on Wisconsin. I think the Big Ten West is Wisconsin's realm. I know Iowa could be pretty good this year, but I think Wisconsin's the team that's coming out of the Big Ten West and going to the Big Ten Championship. They do play Ohio State at home, which is, I mean, before in the last few months, you would never have thought of this, but that's a super interesting game now as... Wisconsin is a totally changed team from one year ago today. I would love to see 
Wisconsin kind of back on the map, back on track, doing their thing. At 18, I have Notre Dame. Now, this one might seem a little low, but Notre Dame is another interesting one. You know, they had a very weird year last year. They lost to Marshall and Stanford. Some very bad teams, but they also beat Clemson. They beat BYU, ranked BYU. They also, you know, I believe they won their bowl game against South Carolina. Over this last offseason, they got that transfer, one of the great, one of the better quarterbacks of last year um, from Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, I believe. So, I don't know. Notre Dame, they finished kind of, they, they did okay. They finished, I believe, 9-4. and four. However, they had some very strong wins and also some tough losses. So if they're able to spark up some consistency, I think they have a huge upside. And I'm just not quite putting it there yet. I'm waiting to see them play. And at my number 19 slot, you might have been thinking there's one team missing from my top 15 that most people have. I have Clemson at 19. Yep, I have Clemson at 19. Call me crazy, but I am just not super high on Clemson. I don't see them being that great. I see them dropping a few games. Now, I mean dropping a few games. I think they're still a 9-plus win team, maybe even 10. But they did not do much of the transfer portal. Cade Cade Klubnik, you know, had a pretty good showing, but they did not end the season great last year. And I, I, don't th- I don't see them really getting much better. They don't have that same D-line they used to have. But then again, Clemson could come back. Dabo Sweeney could still be doing his thing. But as of right now, I, I don't have much confidence. And this is more of a gut one. Um, I have not seen much for or against them. I just don't quite have the... I didn't feel any reason to put them in my top 10 or even top 15. So I have them at 19. At number 20... I have your guys at Texas Tech. Texas Tech is probably the front runner in, you know, dark horses for this year. I believe they did not come in ranked in the AP poll. I think they're 26 or 27. I think they're, you know, really close to being in the top 25 in the AP, but I have them at 20. I think that Texas Tech is going to make a huge turnaround this year and be a, a good force in the Big 12, especially with a new Big 12 where. Texas is kind of the front runner right now, but really, aside from Texas, there's no one else that's really. Ha- no, we don't know who's going to step up, and I think Texas Tech is going to be the team to step up. We got a few candidates that I'll be talking about later. We got TCU, Kansas State, Kansas, and a few others. Of course, Oklahoma is always going to be in that conversation, but I think Texas Tech is going to be the one to step up, and you know, I think they're going to go to the Big Twelve Championship. They had a few tough times last season. They finished, um, what did they finish last year? I think they finished 8-5, and five, kind of in that bowl game against um, Ole Miss. They crushed Ole Miss. That was awesome. Um, but they they beat Oklahoma. They beat Texas. They did lose to K-State, Oklahoma State, TCU. But they had a few great wins. And I think that they're going to keep they're gonna keep on turning it around. I'm really excited for Texas Tech this year. Now, they do play Oregon at home. That's an exciting game. I think Oregon might win that game, but you know if Texas Tech makes that a you know one score game, that's pretty good. All right, let's go rapid fire for my next few teams. At twenty one, I have Kansas. Twenty two, South Carolina. Twenty three, Tulane. Twenty four, TCU, and twenty five, Kansas State. 
So right there in that group, there are, those are my three other big 12 teams in my top 25. Kansas, TCU, and K-State. Now those are all teams, just like the whole rest of the conference. The big 12 is going to be very unpredictable this year. Really, it's got to be a team that's going to step up. Now, And it's we really don't know who that's going to be. Kansas State did, had one heck of a year last year, but losing Deuce Vaughn, I think, really hurt them. They do have Will Howard, which I'm excited for. I put K-State at 25, which I actually feel like is a little low because it's been about a week, you know. You know, opinions changing. I think I think if I were to do the poll again, as in today, I might have K-State at 20, you know, a few ranks higher. Not much higher, though. But I have KU at 21. I think Jalen Daniels is one heck of an athlete. And I think KU's offense is going to be pretty good. They just got to be they just got to be consistent. They started off the season, I believe, 6-0, 5-0 last year. We all remember that college game day with them and TCU. I mean, that was epic seeing those two teams all of a sudden good again. And I'm I would really love to see, you know, KU be uh, another ranked team again. 22, I have South Carolina, which I'm really excited for once again. I South Carolina is another dark horse team just like Texas Tech. One of those teams that I think are flying out of the radar a little bit. Now, they did finish last year. They lost in Notre Dame in that bowl game. But other than that, they had you know one of those amazing ends of the season as they beat Clemson and Tennessee in back-to-back games. I think they have a lot of potential. I, I Like I said before, maybe they're the team that beats Georgia this year. I don't know. Not saying they're better than Georgia, but I think they might be the team to knock them off. Tulane coming off an amazing year, best year probably in school history, beating USC in the, what was it, Cotton Bowl? That was awesome. I think Tulane, you know, they're returning quite a bit of quite a bit of players. I think Tulane's going to be pretty good in the American this year. Now, the American has changed a lot. As we know, three teams left, and there's a few new teams, including my number 28 team, which I'll get to later, UTSA. I think they might have some, some competition in that conference, but we'll see how the American pans out. I think Tulane's going to dominate another year here. I have them at 23. We'll see how they do. They do play Ole Miss, my number 15 team, um, I believe uh, second or third week. That's going to be a huge game for them. I mean, it's rare that you get to see a team, you know, the American team in, you know, in, the, in a group of five play, um, you know, a, a team that's ranked in a, in a power five. So I'm really excited for that game just to see. I mean, what if Tulane beats them? What does that mean for Tulane for the rest of the year? Number 24, I have TCU. Now, this one, I felt like I kind of had to put them in there. TCU, I don't really have a reason, actually, to keep them super high as they lost pretty much everybody. Sonny Dykes is one heck of a coach, but they got a lot of transfers. A lot of guys from Bama transferred to TCU last year. or the, Well, you know, during this offseason. I don't know. TCU is a very, very uncertain team. I, I don't know if they can replace Max Duggan as he was... Max Duggan. That was crazy. We all saw that. Just another one of those teams that is almost impossible to tell at this point. You got to see him at the field. 25K State. 26, I have Duke. The Duke Blue Devils from the ACC are in my 26th spot. Now, this one is kind of my my baby. Now, I'm I'm not even a huge Duke guy. I'm not I'm not really a fan of Duke. I never really have been, football or basketball. But I feel like that no one is paying attention to Duke when they had, unfairly, a very good year last year. Guys, Duke went 9-4. I'm talking about Duke football went 9-4 last year. 
And they kind of the way they did it, they never were good enough for a long enough stretch to be ranked or even on the radar very much. But I mean, they went nine and four. Their only losses were at Kansas, at Georgia Tech was their rough one, and they only they lost that game in overtime. That was their only bad loss. They lost at Kansas by a touchdown, at or a home against North Carolina by a field goal, and at Pitt by two. Those are the only losses. They finished the year one, two, three, four, five, and one with a dominant win against UCF in the Military Bowl. They beat Wake Forest, and the year in Wake Forest was pretty good last year. So, I mean, I don't know. Duke has, I mean, I think Duke to be pretty good this year. They didn't lose too many players. And I don't see them being worse than than last year or even, you know, any any less than last year. I mean, they do play Clemson week one, guys. I don't know. I do not think they would be Clemson, but that would be insane. I, th- I think they have Clemson at home this year. I think it's at home. It was, I think it's, believe, Labor Day Monday. They have Clemson at home. So, you know, when you guys see Duke playing, you can just think of me. And remember that, hey, Chase is such on college football. Hey, he's got these guys. Number 27, I have Iowa. Iowa actually slipped into the AP Top 25 at number 25. Iowa's another interesting one. They had one of the best defenses in college football last year. And they had probably one of the worst offenses in college, in college football last year. So basically, if Iowa can put up any form of scoring offense, they're going to be pretty decent. They got a great home crowd. I mean, the Big Ten West is still kind of open. Someone's got to step up. I think Wisconsin's going to do it, but I think Iowa's definitely the other force. You know, I think Iowa could definitely make some noise. Number 28, I have UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. They are brand new to the American Conference this year. Sadly, they ended the season on a loss to Troy in that bowl game. Troy was probably one of the other better group of five teams, but they won the CUSA championship, and I believe their only loss was at Texas. They actually held that game for a little while there, um, but they went 11-3. Um, and three. They had a great season last year, and I believe they opened up their, um, their season against Houston, the new Big 12 team. I would not be surprised if UTSA won that game week one. That would be a big-time win for UTSA. At number 29, I have OU, Oklahoma Sooners. Another huge question mark, as last year was kind of a train wreck for OU. They went, I believe, 6-7. and We're going to have to see what Brent Venables has done with that team. They, I think that they'll definitely make a turnaround. A lot of people think that. I believe they actually hopped into the AP poll as high as 20 or even 19. They uh, they really got a good boost. Of course, they got a huge brand, always recruiting. But I don't know, guys. I mean, they could very well be just kind of mid again. But it's Oklahoma. Always got to consider them. Um, but I think I think they will be okay this year. Um, I have them at 29 because I, I think – I mean, they did finish the year. They, they lost to Florida State by three in that bowl game. All of their games were pretty close, except for Texas. Texas was the one they just got throttled. Um, and that was that was kind of rough, guys. And at number 30, I have Nebraska. Whoa. The Nebraska Cornhuskers under a new coach, Matt Rule. 
in the Big Ten West. Now, Nebraska is a very, very intriguing team for this year. They have been very mediocre, as they were at one point, the Alabama or the Miami, the Georgia, the Michigan or Ohio State of college football, and they have not been that for quite a while. However, I think Nebraska is going to make a comeback this year. I feel like I don't even know why, but I feel like no one else is doing that. Now, yes, they did not get tons of new people, but they got Matt Rule. Matt Rule is a great coach. He's the guy who turned Baylor around a few years ago. And, you know, if you guys know your your Baylor football history, even Big 12 fans out there, you know Baylor was great with RG3. They never even pulled off that many, even with RG3. Baylor was never that, you know, they never had that much star power, that much firepower. And then they finally, you know, what was it, 2018, 2019, kind of surprised a bunch of people. All of a sudden, Baylor was in the Big 12 championship in 2021. You know, Matt Rule did a lot of that. He built Baylor back up. Went went to the NFL, kind of sucked, but now he's back at Nebraska. You know, and that number 30 pick, I debated. I think even Baylor could be at number 30. Syracuse had a great year last year and, um, you know, could also be in that number 30 spot. But as of right now, I have Nebraska. I think Nebraska can make some noise. I don't see them doing crazy and anything insane. But I really like, um, you know, I really like where things are looking for them. Guys, that's my top 30. That's it. Let me know on my Instagram post or on my DMs what you guys think. If I let anybody out that I'm just totally missing, there could be people I'm blanking out on. But this week, we got some great games. A, f- a few. A handful. A couple. <laughs> week zero is never that insane, but this is actually a fairly good week zero. You know, you got Navy, Notre Dame, USC, San Jose State. Um, I believe actually San Diego State, Ohio play, which is interesting because um, Ohio was actually pretty good last year. San Diego State's always good. So, you know, I'd say it's better than most. You got two ranked teams playing this weekend. So I'm excited for that. We've waited many long months, only four more days to college football and then we have that we have a saturday those games start then right on thursday utah florida boom that's gonna be exciting be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media at showtime cfb on instagram and at showtime cfb pod on twitter or actually x whatever you want to call it but guys those are my opinions i'm a fan just like y'all keeping it real Signing off from Showtime College Football.